0: Hello team, it's Fab here from Alt Marketing School. And before today's episode, oh boy, don't I have an invitation for you. Yes, I am officially inviting you, dear listener, to our first ever open day. On January 24th, we are gonna host a two-day event introducing you to the wonders of positive impact marketing and what it means to market with purpose. Yes, we're gonna have taster classes. Yes, we're gonna have round tables and yes, We're even going to have AMAs for you to learn more about the school, our certification and positive marketing overall. So if you're ready to join us, you will be able to access two taster classes, two panels, two AMAs, all starting on the 24th of Jan. What's in store for you, you may be asking? Well, first of all, we're going to start off with a roundtable about the evolution of leadership and marketing. And for these roundtables, we're gonna have our teachers, our faculty, and also our alumni joining us. Then we're gonna have an AMA, where you can ask any questions about our certification. Finally, jumping into a taster class about positive impact marketing principles. On day two, we're gonna look at how purpose and impact will drive marketing decisions in 2023 and beyond. And also, we are gonna have a taster class about setting better marketing systems. On top of that, there's going to be tables, so you can even lounge and meet new friends and join these tables and connect and network with fellow marketing rebels. So if you're ready to join us for this free two-day event, all you have to do is go to altmarketingschool.com slash openday. I'm really excited to see you there because I know you will be there cheering us, we're going to be cheering you, we're going to get all excited together as we are ready to make marketing better in 2023 and together we are going to learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Come and join us, altmarketingschool.com slash open day. I'll see you there. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab and I'm the head teacher and founder of Alt Marketing School. And Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Hayo and together we'll be talking about plenty of lessons, plenty of things, plenty of marketing, and potentially have a bit of a laugh along the way. I can say that because we've been already laughing for half an hour before we even started recording, <laughs> so I'm expecting great Got things. Got to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> before I let Matthias introduce herself a bit more and ask, answer a couple of questions, I'm going to read an intro. So in February 2020, Ayo Abbas founded her own consultancy business, Abbas Marketing, and offers marketing services for engineers and architects who design the world around us. She enjoys working with companies who are passionate about what they do and not afraid to challenge the status quo. Ayo is a fellow of the RSA and a committee member of BuildUp, a built environment marketing and working group. She also hosts her own bi-weekly podcast, Marketing in Times of recovery hello and welcome once again uh, i like that we managed to get a bit of our laugh in there at the beginning i think it's good tradition Thank you how very are we much. doing i'm pretty good actually pretty good <laughs> i'm really excited to have you and i'm often excited about my icebreaker questions i'm often excited to kind of see what the answers are today i don't know why i am particularly excited are you
1: ready uh-oh i'm ready go 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 i'm like (laughs) oh no before
0: before the video and the audio go blank and that is like a bit of a tumbleweed and i've disappeared uh let's catch before that happens um my first question for you is what would be a trivia category
1: you'd be really good at and why oh trivia category what i'd be good at uh, it'll be something that's kind of useless, I think. So Um, probably, like, I um actually a pretty good recorder player. And um, so I'll probably be able to, like, answer really ridiculous questions about Baroque music. So the life of, like, Vivaldi and Handel and all of those really useful things. Yes, that's useful.
0: <laughs> if anything is interesting, that's what I would say. It doesn't always have to be useful, especially when no. you're especially when it's your trivia category and you're going to smash it, it's like... Exactly. Who needs to know about playing the recorder? You know, <laughs> everyone does, obviously. <laughs> and just... So why did you Why did you got so passionate about it yourself? What got you into it?
1: Well, into the recorder. So I started playing when I was seven. And do you know what? I played the recorder, the violin. Uh, I did some piano lessons. I did flute lessons. The only one I stuck out was the recorder. And I played it from when I was seven until I was about 21. Uh, and what I loved about it, I just loved, like, you could tell stories through music, right? And you learn. And also, I've got an A-level of music. Um I was going to do a music degree, but I didn't. I decided to do business instead. Um, But I love the fact that with music as well, I love studying the history of music and, like, the lives of the composers because they were way more interesting than their actual music. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: You know That's what? my trivia. I love it. First of all, I absolutely love it. And uh, the loyal listeners will know, because i mentioned it quite a few times, that my past life was as a music journalist and one of my... Really? mm mm-hmm, uh, My past life, as if, you know, like, King Gandalf, like, <laughs> centuries ago. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was but. a music journalist. Yeah. <laughs> but... One of my weird quirks, one of the things that I loved, and this is, we're going back down memory lane. I used to write for an Italian online magazine. And I remember that I wrote a whole essay about the similarities between, uh, I think it was the French sort of um, literature, French kind of like uh, Baudelaire, and Sex Pistols. (laughs) A lyrical (laughs) comparison when it came to both the artist and the writer.
1: Why? I don't awesome. know. So I genuinely love But that's love just like them. really randomly like geeky. <laughs> you would be like, but there is, there is, there's all these kind of parallels and look. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you look for something hard enough, it's there, right? <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> it's
0: absolutely- <laughs> I will say that there were good reasons in that, but I genuinely, aside from that specific example, I genuinely love to learn obviously for me was more modern music but the history of of rock music it always fascinated me from the beginning yeah and where it's come from actually
1: yeah but where it's come from as well you can see how the patterns and how it emanates from other people isn't it because nothing's new I always think that nothing is new it's always like it's kind of you're re you're reinterpreting something that's already happened in the past let's be honest you kind of look back and that's what music is right
0: also, I'm going to I'm gonna add another parallel. And this is the first science breaker question. We're never going to get to the main section at this point, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> Fantastic. Because uh, <laughs> I was going to say, this is actually a great par- parallel with marketing as well, I find. Because it, I think also in marketing, we strive and we believe that we're going to create new things, but probably the framework that we're thinking about is the same framework that somebody
1: else is used in a different way with a different Completely. source, isn't it? How much is new? I mean, like, I often think, like, you know, with marketing terms, you know, like, everyone's talking about ABM, like, that kind of thing. ABM relationship marketing, and before it was something else. You know what I mean? It's like, are they actually, like, dissimilar, or are we just giving a new term to something that's slightly different? And I kind of think, how much is actually truly new? And I mean, there are, like, new channels and stuff like that, but a lot of the tactics are existing, or or, or just a reinterpretation of something that's happened before. So, I don't know. How much is actually new? I agree. See? we
0: got like a bit of an existential moment, plus it's also relevant to marketing. So we're all back well done. on track. That was a good connection. We're all back on track, ladies and germs. Well done. Um, Second one. So, oh, mm-hmm. What is the first job you had and what did you learn from it, Ayo?
1: Uh, is it, are you after like a proper job, like actually when you go somewhere to do it or like paper roundy stuff?
0: I mean, we had which people talking about paper rounds because they learned a lot from it, and I'll take it. Then we had also people looking at other types of first jobs. I'll say whichever I mean, jobs to, to mine.
1: Pa- paper round, I kinda like I think I started hiding the papers and would just take the money. Um so, <laughs> sorry, yellow advertiser in Newham. Uh but <laughs> you know, so I'll probably go for uh, my first kind of main job when I was around uh, eighteen. I worked at a shoe shop in like Oxford Circus. I used to go there at the weekends and sell shoes to very rich women. That was it. And it was good because it was kind of like I was actually pretty good at it. And, you know, I, yeah, I guess I learned to sell and how to communicate and build relationships with people. So, you know, that was useful. And yeah, I was pretty good at it.
0: I think there's a lot of retail positions and jobs there, especially in the smaller jobs that we used to do our generation. They actually can teach us so much. And I love when we can think about how you know sometimes especially i think when you're selling something that is not yours which is very different when you are either a consultant or a business owner or a smaller business Mm -hmm. you actually learn a lot by selling something maybe you're not as attached i do believe that sometimes we forget that when it is a small business or when you're working with clients sometimes we can also be attached to the outcome in a way that is a bit more emotional i find and Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's nice to be more like this is how you feel when you're selling but you don't feel as attached to the outcome of to the worth of it. I am not know if I'm making sense, but I find that a lot of people yeah. have been having this conversation about how harder
1: it is to sell when you're selling yourself over something that is detached from you as well. Yeah, and I think people get a lot kind of like, when it's selling themselves, they're like, oh, am I overdoing it? Am I promising too much? And they kind of get into this weird paranoia, which is kind of, kind of like, you, you need to sell yourself just like, like you would a pair of shoes, actually, you know what I mean? What's the features and the benefits? How's this going to help people? It's all the same stuff, but you know, a pair of shoes is, I mean, you want to go a gold and glitzy too much, right? But they were like, <laughs> but it was like, they were obviously looking for outlets for their kind of creativity and to express themselves. Um, so it's kind of tapping into that. What is it they're looking for? And then kind of, you know, selling into that and also still having a personality. Cause I think, Half the sales were just because I was having a laugh and a joke with somebody. Do you know what I mean? And then you just end up selling them a shitload of stuff. Oh, am sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Um.
0: It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, when it happens and it's natural, we welcome it. Because I oh, generally you. can't Rub. stop anyway. So it will be hypocritical <laughs> for me to ask my guests not to whenever
1: it, lo- it, it
0: rolls out. You know, when it rolls out.
1: It was just one. That was literally it. Yeah, good luck. You can't answer that one. But um, but no, I do, you're right. I think, yeah, you people shouldn't be afraid of selling their services because that's what you need to do. We all need to eat. Agreed. Agreed.
0: (sighs) Now, adding a bit of an extra layer to things, though. We are still about encouraging people to market to hearts, not just brains. So we're really focused on that purpose as well. So my question to you is, what does making a positive impact on
1: your audience mean to you and why? I think making a positive impact on my audience does matter a lot. I mean, I'm I'm a single mum, so I've got a seven-year-old. And... I kind of look around and and a lot of what I do is I work in the built environment and like, for example, carbon emissions and all of that kind of stuff, greenhouse gases. It's like the built environment's responsible for what, 40% of those, right? Currently. So you kind of sit there and it's like, yeah, we have to get better at what we're doing and how we're designing and not building so much in a circular, you know, all of this stuff. So I kind of, I try and work with companies that are kind of more on that bent and that kind of road and that track and trying to make those changes. And actually I'm even looking at potentially doing a kind of a short course um on sustainable marketing and like because I, I think it's really important i think but it's also important to kind of be able to work with people to get better at what they're doing not necessarily poo-pooing people but actually being supportive so i think it's you know i think it's quite important to actually get more clarity in our comms and and like yeah so i'm kind of looking at doing more of that kind of supporting supporting engineering firms and and design firms who are trying to be more sustainable in what they do so that's really interesting and i've kind of got some cool projects i've been working on that so yeah exciting
0: and i think as a marketer especially when because one of the hardest things when talking about marketers is reminding ourselves that you can be a marketer and you can be a founder or you can be a consultant or you can be part of a team marketers are we're a bit everywhere and in so many different hats we're wearing all the time. And I think sometimes we forget that, especially when we work with multiple clients, if we're not working just with one company, maybe we don't touch as many clients with one product, but actually we are supporting different businesses actually build something better. And that really yeah. amplifies our message. It's kind of nice. I find us as the messenger. And I think until we can teach, and I love that you're doing a short course potentially, because until we can teach, our clients or our companies to do better, you know, it's going to be okay, but it's—I don't think it's going to have the same effect. So if we are the first ones to know how to market better and how to share better messages, then the ripple effect is going yeah. to be even bigger, isn't it?
1: And I think exactly, and I think it's that whole thing of like having the supporting frameworks and the evidence to kind of really underpin those messages, because I think you know, especially on kind of the sustainability front with COP and stuff, people have, there's so much greenwashing around, isn't there? And I kind of I want to be able to. I guess feel more confident in what I'm helping my clients say and what they do and how they behave. So to do that, you know, to get that change, you know, it's it's going to be, um, I guess, getting myself up to speed as well. So,
0: yeah. Exciting. Well, <laughs> it's now time to start class because, yeah, we're not even starting class. So class is in session right now. I have a couple okay. of questions for you all about learning and teaching because duh, we're a school. So first I'm going to check, do you have, an apple for the teacher have you brought me anything before we start does
1: vodka count or
0: (gasps) i am sober so i will take anything that is an alcoholic variant of that i'll take that
1: okay no worries okay we'll get you some like energy drink or something right caffeine is my drug of choice so
0: excellent excellent save that i i will take that
1: fantastic apples (laughs) now
0: and now we're ready thank you ever so much um my first question to you then class is in session indeed is maybe one of the hardest ones because I'm going to ask you if there's one thing that you can teach both our students and obviously the listeners on the podcast in one minute or so what would that be
1: okay so to me good marketing comes from good ideas Right. You don't need a big budget. You don't need to have loads of kind of huge showy graphics or whatever. But actually what you need at the nub of it is a really good idea that's executed really, really well. So for me, if there's one thing you can do is come up with a good idea that either is your platform, uses your service, showcases your expertise. And then that's what you market. And that's how you kind of make a big, big impact and change. That's my thing.
0: I love it. What is one one idea that you implemented recently that you've seen having a good effect?
1: Uh, I can tell you what I've done this morning, which I don't know—I've not implemented completely yet. So, like, I'm rebranding my podcast at the moment. So, actually, uh, it's going to be launched next week. But I decided that I'm going to go live for a week <laughs> on LinkedIn and then turn that into my podcast. So, I've literally this morning got up, invited people, done all of that. You know, it's all ready to go. And then, you know, I'm ready. You know, I just need to create all the assets and stuff over the weekend. And then, you know, off we go. That week after next, I'll be live on LinkedIn every lunchtime. So and then I'll use that to kind of feed my content machine, which is my podcast, for the next coming week. So that will last me until, I guess, early November. So, yeah, so that's a good idea. And I think it's, it's you know, my goal was, yeah, I didn't have a clear goal, but actually it's a good idea and it'll be quite good fun to do. So there you go.
0: And I think it's also challenging, like yourself, to do something new and kind of trying something slightly different. And yeah, I also find I think we both have had podcasts for a while. I actually had five different podcasts since I started, so it's been a while. Um, and I've seen five. <laughs> Yes, most of them you can't <laughs> find no more. Just in case you're wondering,
1: I was gonna say I go back and go. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> where are they? Ooh. No, uh, I mean some of them are hilarious because the quality of the microphone was ridiculous, and I was using my yeah, uh, like I was using like a very very old sort of like kind of journalism mic. It was so weird. Um, but I was thinking about this and and tell me what you think as a podcast host yourself. I find that podcasts are a great reminder of how content evolves and all we need to try and test new things with our content because I think that things like blog posts, I don't know. I think there's been a lot of playing, a lot of trying, but currently as long as you follow the SEO guidelines or as long as you write you know valuable content, you know, I don't think anybody's trying to reinvent the wheel talking about creating new stuff. But I do find that with videos and potentially audio, these are formats that are a bit a bit newer when it comes to higher consumption. And so I've really seen people be more willing to explore and create something different because they became really crowded really quickly. You know, it went from nothing to thousands of new podcasts or like YouTube channels. And I just find that I see people pushing the boundaries a bit more. Is it just me with these type of formats? But I think
1: you're right. I think that you're right. They are newer channels and that people are starting to realize that, you know, there's different ways to create content. I mean, blogging and stuff has been around for donkey's years, hasn't it? So I think as well, you can kind of either do a video or a podcast now that feeds into a blog and does all of that kind of stuff. So you can kind of tick off a lot of content creation anyway. So I do agree. I But I, I think you're right. It's still a relatively new medium. What is it? There's around, what, 2 million podcasts in the world or something like that. So, you know, it's still growing. There's still room for more new ones. It's not like blogs where there's like hundreds of millions of them isn't it so I you know I, I think as a content type these are all still new channels still new still in the infancy which is why people are trying new stuff out on them but I think that's what makes it exciting and also it means that we can try things like you know LinkedIn lives or you know can we you know recording a podcast live on LinkedIn and then try you know using that you know then using it as a podcast audio you know so I think there's lots of kind of different things we can try and I think that's exciting it just kind of keeps it interesting after about 20 years I'm like I need some interest <laughs> it's
0: like... Hey, hey, like, I think marketers are, are a beautiful breed it's kind of funny because in one of our older episodes we're talking about somebody's new hobby is actually like oh you will love this I think it was architect cathedral architecture or something like that very very specific and I was like I love it so I think there's something about us marketers. We have the that like sometimes we just go into the most random rabbit holes, and we just jump in there yeah. and get interested about
1: things that normal humans don't. And then you're like, "How come I've just spent a whole day looking at this rubbish?" <laughs> and then you wake up in the night going, "I had the new work." But <laughs> what? I know this really useful fact is not useful at all. And I'm like, come out of this rabbit hole, which I kind of end up falling into far too often. But yeah, you're right. But you're right. And stuff like, you know, you do get architects as well. It's quite funny who really like have really specific niches. But I think that's brilliant because it's like, everyone's like, oh, you're the one who does the distilleries for whiskey firms. It's like, yeah. you. Know, I think stuff like that is great. It really does help. And it gives, it gives a reason for people to remember you. So, yeah.
0: How do you find the balance between people kind of honing their niche? Obviously, especially in, obviously in your field, but I think in general as well. And also yeah. then when you're communicating, especially with marketing, like not being almost overly like pigeonholing yourself into it. Or maybe you actually say, no, it's good that we are going deeper and deeper into our niche. Where where are you standing when it comes to this? Because I think, especially in your industry, it could be really interesting to see where the pendulum of marketing sways when it comes to audiences and niches?
1: I mean, for me, I guess it depends on how you want to niche. So I sort of say I'm a built environment marketing consultant, so I work with like architects, engineers, builders, right? So I work with a kind of, and construction product manufacturers as well, because I like the variety of it. But, you know, I know people who are coaches for architects, or I do copywriting for architects, or, you know, so I think it depends on how you want to niche. But to me, I think in some ways you kind of, you can niche in an area, but it doesn't mean that people are not going to come to you for other stuff. They still will. I think it just kind of gives you that focus. And I think, especially when you're producing marketing content, always kind of imagine you're writing to one person rather than to many. And that makes your content better anyway, because it's more personal. It's more touches you, doesn't it? Like you talk about in terms of feeling. So, you know, I think that's kind of one of those things is that that's what you need. You need people who are going to kind of, you want to be touched by that marketing. And I think actually niching and, and thinking about who your audience are, it makes you more specific in what you're talking about and it makes you more applicable. So people go, oh, you were writing to me, which I think is the nicest compliment you can get. I love that. And I think
0: I think it also makes you naturally start... Actually, I'm going to say learn because people don't do it often. It's going to naturally help you learn to become more human. Obviously, this is what we do. Yeah. At all marketing school is all about making marketing human. And I'm saying this because... I find that, especially in some nations and in some industries, then you go back and you're like, I need to be more professional. I need to sound more like... And there's nothing wrong with being professional, but I think, as you said, until you're actually speaking to somebody in a way that feels is speaking directly to them, as if you are talking to them and telling them this, yeah. I can solve your problem, we need to find that balance between, obviously, that professionalism, but also being able to
1: remember that we're still talking to human beings. And I think that's yeah. sometimes that's a disconnect. a huge balance. Completely and you're right, it's disconnect But also I think you use the word professionalism and I think also people quite often would turn around and be like, Oh, to be professional it means I need to use these really long terms and jargon. And it's like, if you use them, explain what the hell they are. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well you need to start of go, blah blah blah, this means this. Because otherwise it's like you're gonna lose so much of your audience if all you're doing is assuming that they know what you're talking about. So I think don't make assumptions on what people know and actually make sure you explain that terminology just so that people are on the same page as you. And I think things like that, and that's how you start to kind of get your, I guess, get your kind of content to connect really. Preach. I'm I'm all for it. Again, (laughs) marketer teaching
0: marketers. I'm exactly the same. I'm like, please like I love acronyms we all marketers love acronyms I get it but tell me what the acronym means it's simple things yeah. like this ICA love it but it's the one person that is like what are you talking about and I think it's really showing that again as you said we are niching in some ways but we're also inclusive by understanding that not everybody in our audience is at the same level of competence or knowledge that
1: we have so love that acronym, but please tell me what it means. Please and thank you. i tell you what, I had a journalist once who spoke, who said to me, um, she said, acronyms are a way of excluding people from the conversation. Ooh, it's actually true. Well, you don't understand that term. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Snap.
0: Yeah. See, all the marketers out there, the all us loving a little acronym, um, to be honest, I think they're interesting when it comes to frameworks as a way to kind of then elaborate on it because then it gets people to think, Oh, but you're right. I I can see how that can happen, especially with some industries and with some terminology. So that's very, very interesting. I like it. My second question told you we're going to, we were going to dive deep into it. My second question is what is something that you unlearned recently? And how did it either improve your life or improve your work?
1: Do you know what? Because I kind of, we we're talking about trying earlier, weren't we, a bit. And I love trying, like, new stuff and thinking, right, let's try this new tool. Let's see how it does. So I um, actually tried a podcast uh, app the other day or a couple of weeks back. I like, I was trying it. And, like, you know, when you're just not feeling something. And you're there uh, going, actually, this is quite hard. And it's so funny because I had, I was doing a, I was talking to somebody on a podcast interview later on that day. And I, I talked about that before the interview. And she goes, you know, you can stop. You know, you don't have to keep trying to get to use this thing. If you've got something that already works, just use it. <laughs> I was like, that hadn't even occurred to me. <laughs> so there was me thinking that actually I need to go in and kind of keep persevering, get the hang of this tool. But like, you know, when you're like, oh, yeah, I've already got a method that works. So I think sometimes I kind of want to try too much or try too hard. So, yeah, sometimes I kind of need someone to come in with that objectivity and go. You can stop because I don't always realise.
0: Do you find that I'm just thinking as a marketer, there is also um, not an innate because it doesn't like come with birth, but there is quite a natural idea of, well, I'm going to try all these things because naturally, as we said, like, there are new platforms coming, there are algorithms and actually, one of our teachers during one of the lessons with our students for the certification said, well, you know, marketers test all the time. Testing is so important. And I believe it is as well. But I find that that can actually be at our deterrent sometimes if we don't understand when to let go. Do you find that that comes yeah. a lot natural also because of the way we work, like trying new things, adapting new things? I find yeah. that personally, I'm quite drawn to that. And I part of me is excited by it, but I tend to have your same problem. And I'm wondering whether it's just me.
1: No, no, and I, no, I completely agree. I think that's something we've got inherently. But actually, I say that, but I also work with people in house a lot, and they don't necessarily have the, they don't necessarily test as much as they should or try as much as they should. Because I guess it's more a case of, I've just got to get this out the door. You know what I mean? So I think you also get that weird of position where, you know, actually some people aren't trying as much as they should be. So they're not necessarily as aware. But I do think overall, yeah, as marketeers, you are sitting there going, oh, let's try this great i need to understand and like you know because it's always a new social platform as well right i'm like be real i was reading so yesterday, i was like oh i thought that was an article and i was like i oh, know yeah, actually that's the platform she's doing nowhere but like <laughs> so you know when you're like oh, at some point i need to understand why what i would want to get a picture of myself every day i just at the moment i can't do that <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> i mean it's a very jersey <laughs> platform i'll give you that much but we're um, recording another yeah, podcast today I'm, literally about it and it's even for me is a bit of a manfield but I think that's yeah. the other thing that I'm thinking about is kind of keeping relevant without having to jump on every single trend I think that's also another yeah. challenge that sometimes you have because I don't think you can force I don't know a 40 year old architect to be real and take (laughs) take a picture of them doing a drawing plan you know I need to take a picture every day at the same time you know what I mean I think it's hard though because sometimes we're like I need to jump on this trend I need to be on this thing and it's almost kind of picking your battles a bit I find
1: and I think you're absolutely right. You, I mean, it's impossible to jump on every blimmin' trend there is now, right? It's you can't do it. It's just there is so much. It's like you need to be real. You need to TikTok. You need to do be real. You need to what? <laughs> it's like no one can do that. And I think as well, it's just I guess understanding the key ones that matter to your market. So like, I mean, TikTok is in its infancy. I mean, to be honest, like let's be honest, the sectors I work in, this you know, LinkedIn's still a big, big jump for many, many people. So. You know, that's probably where my focus is. Um, You know, I'm still kind of on TikTok, but am I using it? No, I just post pictures of, you know, videos with my son, which is fun. Uh, But like, (laughs) but I'm still kind of understanding how the platform works and stuff like that. But like stuff like Be Real, I'm like, I, yeah, I do B2B marketing, right? Let's be real. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that. I don't Passing think it's going to be relevant for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to be relevant for a while. You know, so yeah. it's interesting. I think. How do you find those new platforms and things like that? Because like they're going. I'm 45 years old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't see the point of some of these.
0: <laughs> I have one more question for you, and my final question okay. is. What is the biggest lesson a teacher or a mentor has taught you?
1: Um, I think probably as one of my uh, mentors when, actually she was one of my bosses and became one of my mentors, when I was working in an engineering company for about 10 years ago. And I mean, she was amazing. And she was really kind of, I guess, fiery and dynamic. And she's really all about purpose and caring and that kind of caring about what you do and being committed to what you do. And that's always rubbed off on me. And that's always been something that I think is important in terms of driving my, I guess, enthusiasm for stuff. So, you know, if I'm not passionate about something, if I don't really care about something. It comes across. So I think it's really important to find those things that you really want to do and you care about and, and support them. And that could be in terms of how you work, how you live your life, what you do. So I think it's finding those things. I think the times when life is difficult is probably when I'm not necessarily focused on those things. So I think always having them in the back of your mind. So, yeah.
0: I absolutely love that. And that's because it spoke to me. It speaks to me, not spoke to me. speaks to me so much because uh, literally this week, at the time of recording, I was talking to my best friend and I just realised that I kept forcing myself um, thinking about ways to grow our company, a.k.a. Alt Marketing School, Hello and welcome again. Yeah. Just in case anybody doesn't know why they're here. Um, sign up here. <laughs> and, you know, we're at school. So I was like, okay, how does a school grow? What are the avenues we can do to get the growth? And I looked at the B2B. I looked at the B2C. We've tried a lot of things. We've only been fully operational mm. for a year without a lot of other things on my plate, which I let go of, as people that know me will know. And um, you know what? I stopped and I was going to my friend and I realized for the first time in a long time, I was like, why do I have to do all these things? Why do I want to focus on these things just because somebody else said this is the way that you grow a school? How do I want to grow the school? What do I want to spend my time doing? If I don't want to outsource it to others because then I don't want us to have to focus on it, should I do it anyway? You know, I think sometimes we forget that whether you're working with clients or whether you're working on your business, some things will have to be done or to be outsourced. But especially recognizing that if you are working for yourself or if you are a consultant you can choose your clients maybe you can choose the way that you grow you can choose some of the services yeah. you want to focus on I think sometimes we forget that because I think we should do things a certain way and now that I'm in my 30s I'm like I don't care I want to do yeah. what I love because as you said then when life is hard I'll still show up for lesson because I love teaching my students so that's what I want to keep on doing. So I, totally I guess agree. it's the
1: core, isn't it? It's that core competence of what you're doing and what when you actually, like you say, once you reflect inwards and you go, actually, what really do I love about this? And it's quite interesting, you know. I guess like books like The Company of One, and you read stuff like that, and it's like actually you don't need to build this massive agency, or you know, I've never wanted that. I've never wanted to be that marketing director you know, I don't want to run a major team. It's just like, that is my idea of health. So, you know, it's actually looking and going, (laughs) well, it's true. So it's actually looking and going, actually, what what floats my boat, I guess, right? I agree. I agree. And I also believe
0: that like lockdown, I gave more opportunities and then they kind of took out some opportunities. You know, everything shifted so quickly. And I think so many people jumped onto ideas and then has, after a couple of years, we need to think about, oh, this is I might be doing this for a very long time. I think some of us stopped and it were like, as you said, I don't want to manage a massive team. I'm happy with the size of my team. I'm happy with doing it all myself. You know, I I definitely see that happened. That conversation has happened for a lot of people and eventually it, the penny dropped on me and I was like, I'm just going to do things the way that allows me to focus as much as possible on the things that I love. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that because you really <laughs> resonated with me. So. Um, it's a pleasure. See, see, it's, like, it's all about self reflection, baby. And I'm sure also the listeners <laughs> might have found that that spoke to them too. So let us know if that's so. Awesome. It's quick fire now. We went oh, for gosh. our class. Thank you so much for my energy drink. It's time now for quick fire. We've got a couple yeah. of questions and these are quick answers. The first one is What is an underrated tool that is indispensable for your day to day work?
1: Word, as in Microsoft Word. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Good
0: question. <laughs> follow up. Okay, everybody, strap in. I'm gonna show my age. Do you remember the little clip art? The little clip. I love
1: them. I love the paperclip man. He's the best. I miss him. And do you know what? I I had to run Google searches to find out what happened to the paperclip. What man. happened? Tell me. <laughs> i can't now i can't remember i i think there was like yeah i think he basically he got retired and they kind of they took him off the platform but yeah i remember that like, he's asking stupid questions and He used to walk along but yeah the paperclip man is my friend
0: anybody else that knows what we're talking about <laughs> you are welcome we are we are living this right now this is our little clip oh, and it's just and if you don't some people
1: thought it was annoying <laughs>
0: It was a good friend, like for people like ourselves. Apparently, it was a good friend, which tells a lot about us, I think. But um, if you genuinely don't know, just type it, and you'll see what people of <clears throat> our age uh, were looking at. When we were like in Word typing away. It is it is something to be behold. Paperclip. <laughs>
1: it's like the help tool. It was like the help feature, wasn't he? Mm,
0: yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Didn't share a lot of helpful tips, but it was there, and every software it would say hi. When you, when you were ignoring yeah. it, it will actually pop up again, which I thought was brilliant. Little passive-aggressive guy. <laughs> it's brilliant. <Typical>. Um, <laughs> Ayo, what is the last picture you took on your phone?
1: Oh, what is it? Let me have a look. Uh, let me see. I have no idea. Is it? Oh! Do you know what? I um, watched a marketing meetup webinar yesterday and I took a picture of a slide about impactful campaigns. That is the last picture on my phone. Oh, nice. And then there's a colouring chart, a colouring drawing that my son did. It's quite pretty. And uh, yeah, and then a lasagna I made on Sunday. Okay, I'm excited about all of them, especially the lasagna though, (laughs) I will not lie. I did make that on Sunday for my friends we watched the clean tune. Anyway, that's, that's the last three pictures.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you. Give us a selection as well. I do enjoy this. Um, what is your favorite social media platform right now and why? LinkedIn. <laughs> not even, not even catching a breath. Not even stopping.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I love, I mean, I love, I mean, as much as you can love a social platform, right? They're all social platforms, but I guess LinkedIn brings me work and I connect with people on there and yeah, it does what I need.
0: That's how we connected, wasn't
1: it? I'm not going crazy, am I? It it was on LinkedIn. Yeah. I find Instagram's just a bit like nobody sees your stuff and sort of, I don't really do pointing and dancing and yeah, I'm not really, it's just, yeah. I mean, I like it in terms of community and stuff like that. So I, I connect with female founders and stuff on there, but I'm just not bothering as much now. It's just, I mean, the traction is just falling through the floor, isn't it? I agree.
0: I agree. So who should we follow on LinkedIn? If there's one new person we should be following, who would it be?
1: Ooh, who should we be following? This stuff do I love. Do do. Do you know what? I'm getting quite geeky about LinkedIn company pages. So I'm Mm -hmm. currently following uh, a LinkedIn person called uh, Michelle J. Raymond. who's based in Australia. And she posts a lot about kind of, company pages and how to get them to work so I'm kind of I've set myself a little target until the end of the year to kind of get mine firing a bit and I find it's useful as well for clients just in terms of being able to advise them how to get more traction on company pages so that then when they start if they start doing ads they can kind of make more of a hit so yeah I kind of set myself my own challenge in my head there you go I have a go
0: I love that if you could broadcast (laughs) one message onto everyone's phone this is the last question so the hardest what would that be
1: one message. Give, give me a million pounds now. <laughs> You're cheeky. I still sort of just came in my head. So like, How's that? <laughs> That's so cheeky. <laughs> what have other people said to that? That's a really random question
0: inspirational reminders of going outside and enjoying the beautiful sunshine, not give me a million pounds
1: <laughs> oh I don't do that I'm sorry, if you want that go somewhere else <laughs> I'm gonna cry now oh my god I'm gonna cry <laughs> sorry we all about honesty here <laughs> oh, God. you were hucked. that was actually the first thing that came to my head
0: <laughs> we like honesty here i'll take that i mean i'm gonna cry for a half an hour now i take that well with that i want to thank you because i needed this belly laugh today so i'll thank you oh, thank you so much for being here and answering all the questions and giving us all the wisdom and a good old laugh because we all need that more. Um, If people want to find out more about you, can you please tell us where they
1: can find out more about your wisdom and your energy? Uh, so you can find me basically on I hang out a lot on LinkedIn uh, you spell my name Io which is A-Y-O and Abbas which is A-B-B-A-S so yeah come and say hi and that you've listened to me and that you have a million pounds for me uh, and, and I also um, I have my own uh, practice company and my website is abbasmarketing.com and of course you can listen to my podcast which is changing its name and will be called the Built Environment Marketing Show very very soon that's it
0: Thank you so much for listening. Head to altmarketingschool.com to find out more about topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at altmarketingschool. Until next time.